This is Jim Duncan with Nest Realty and Sweat the Details, uh, doing something new this time. We're using a Squadcast. Uh, Keith and Jonathan and I are in different locations for the first time since we started Sweat the Details, um, and we're going to give this a shot. It is, uh, what's today? It's 15, uh, 15 April. Um, every day feels the same now as we make our way through the global pandemic. Um, and today on the podcast, we're going to talk about at least two topics. One's going to be maintaining culture, uh, whether that is internal brokerage culture, culture with other brokers, uh, clients, and agents. Uh, and we're talking about possible technology innovations that we're going to, that we may see coming out of this uh, pandemic when and when and whenever we do. Um, so, Keith, you and I were talking a little bit earlier about culture. Tell me a little bit what what you mean by me keeping the culture of the brokerage you know as we we no longer we 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 had we had the off nest headquarters in charlottesville where we have nest headquarters but we also have multiple franchises as well how are we keeping the culture that we've built strong and fluid i you know i think jim the the first part of that is is just kind of even defining where our culture is derived from to begin with, right? I mean, it's okay. not just, it's a pre-pandemic question. It's, it's not something we started with, you know, a month ago. But I, I think the problem is, is that what you, what any firm picks up from the daily interactions that agents have with one another, the whether it's broker to agent or just agent to agent or agent to staff and marketing and where they pick up ideas and, and where pieces of, of kind of innovation flow, you lose almost all of that as soon as you separate. And right. you know, our, our office has been shut down now for a month and two days. Um, and our agents haven't had social time together beyond the zoom calls that we have there. You know, it's, it's a, it's a very difficult kind of personality to manage. And we see, we see everybody dealing with, um, and when I say everybody, I mean, staff agents are all dealing with this isolation in a different way, emotionally and, and mentally. Um, I think some people, the, introverts are kind of thriving on the alone time and the extroverts are, are seeking, are seeking more outlets, um, that just don't exist. And I think it's, right. it's definitely tougher for some people than for others. But, um, I do think that, you know, from the culture question of how do we keep people working together? It's a struggle. I mean, it's a, you know, we are, our marketing team is a little bit easier because they're on projects together, but agents who tend to be isolated in their business in a sense already, just become even more isolated in, in this environment. Yeah, I'd, I'd jump in and say I've seen an uptick on online interactions just through private Facebook groups. So some of our locations have private Facebook groups. Um, definitely, you know, there's certain types of emails that are now going back and forth that are, um, you know, daily updates and things like that that are happening that I think is helping to to forge the culture together a little bit. But, you know, I'd, I'd jump back to one of the earlier points and say that – you know, I think agents, speaking from a brokerage perspective, agents are looking for different things from their brokerage right now than they did six weeks ago or six months ago or even six years ago. But just even just a couple months ago, I think agents right now, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, I'd say our agents were looking for a little bit of guidance from us on how to do their business, but they were more looking for support um, and helping, you know, having us you know, uh, work with them from a marketing stamp standpoint, like contract questions, things like that. 
right now they're really looking for guidance um, and they're looking for leadership from their from their brokerages and, and from their from their brokers and and uh, that's something that that uh, is important that now that that wasn't really there six weeks ago and Keith you're you're spot on that you all of a sudden couldn't flip the switch on on March 13th or March 16th or whatever date things really started to, to change. You can't really flip the switch on and say, all right, I know, you know, I haven't really been there for you the last couple of months or last couple of years, but now I'm here for you. So, um, it's important, you know, from, for brokers, you know, managing brokers like, like yourself to always, always have been accessible. Um, and if someone wasn't accessible before five or six weeks ago, they're they not going to be accessible now. Yeah, yeah it, it's out. interesting. I, I had a call today with uh, a dozen brokers from from the Charlottesville area that was done through our association, and um, it was fascinating. One of the brokers said, "You know, we were talking about like just ha- what our agents need," and her comment was, "My agents, I know what they need, and I'm taking care of it. The interesting thing are the questions that I'm getting from agents that aren't mine who are reaching out saying they can't, they can't, they're not getting the the right response from their firms." Um, and I thought that was just a, it was a fascinating thing to bring to the table that agents are, they're going to find that culture that they need if there's a vacuum within their own firm. So I think all, you know, this is exposing a lot of, it's exposing weaknesses in, in other business models. It's exposing weaknesses in leaders. It's, it's, it's a very different, it's a weird time. I mean, I think you see people are grasping for, for knowledge and comfort and confidence in, in every arena of life right now. But from a specific real estate perspective, if they're looking for the place where they can get those answers. Uh, and again, from a culture perspective, we used to have that really strong culture within of just the hive mind of walking into the office and having a question, an idea to bounce off a, a fellow professional. Um, and I think that we're still working to figure out what that online component is going to be. Because I don't see, I, you know, from a personal perspective, I don't know that we're going to come out of this you know, before June. July, August, the governor of Virginia just said that the, um, the shutdown is going through end of June or start first part of June. You know, so I think that we've got many months of this to help facilitate and build you know, what this online com- and culture component is going to be. Well, I will say it's, it is an interesting thing that you bring up the governor and the June date. And obviously right now, second week in April, we're seeing um, leadership battles, if you will, between governors and the executive branch of, of the U.S. government fighting over to who who it is that's going to control when openings are, right? Um, mm-hmm. And at the same time, you're also seeing the fact that within Virginia, over the last two weeks, we've seen the curve, you know, the, all of the, the projections of the curve, the, the peak changes on a regular basis um, in terms of when it's going to be. We've seen it that it's in May. I've seen it now. Someone was saying today it was in July or August. I mean, it's just, it's an unknown. And until we get right. to that time, you know, we, we said at the beginning of this that we know this podcast may feel dated within a week. I mean, we're, we're talking right now about topics that have changed dramatically in the last seven days in terms of projections. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't know when we come out. I mean, I think you're right. It doesn't it's not going to be by June. It's not going to you know, the world is not going to be back to normal by September. Um, right. There's just no chance we're going to continue to have have effects of it. But, um, you know, it's it's definitely one where the leaders are you know, firms are, are having to step up and, and I think agents are starting to feel whether they're in the right place or not. Yeah. And I think the one thing to, to, to sort of dovetail with that culture component, you know, seeing a lot of, a lot of the agents now are reaching out to their respective spheres and communities that they built 
you know, they, they're extending their, their culture of that they've built around their brand, you know, their personal brand and the Nest brand with the outreach that they're doing, um, talking to other agents, you know, just handwritten notes and um, just calling people, you know, just calling your client base and just talking to them and making sure that, you know, that you're there for them. I think there's something yeah. that I've seen that I'm doing from a, from a, my my perspective, but also talking to other agents that they're doing the same thing because it's something that you know it's easy to be lost in in the introverted world of you know being in your own home office, but I think it's another thing to be uh, to be out there in, in the world. You're right. I, I would I would second that and say there's been a lot of back to the basics that we all look at our uh, you know from a, from a realtor perspective look at our businesses and say what do I really need to be focused on with my time and a lot of that is handwritten notes phone calls things that look we we know that our agents do it uh, probably more than others but um, but even doubling our our agents are doubling down on it and other agents are you know hopefully doing it, not just from a business development perspective, but really just from a human perspective, just to check on people. Um, I've gotten some calls, very appreciated calls from um, different people that, you know, I work with um, in in different industries. Um, Those personal calls and like real emails really make a difference uh, for it. Um, But, you know, on the flip side of things, there's nothing worse than getting a a mass email uh, from from even a small company like a home inspector or something like that, that's clearly a mass email that has a more of a negative effect on a brand than, than any type of positive effect. So you got to be careful with, with that type of approach. You're saying that you're getting these calls with other people, whether they're vendors or agents or whatever, any, anything you've noticed in terms of the difference of the, of the actual, I'll call it quality of communication, but the quality of conversations, anything in the change of, of kind of where you're going with, with these personal relationships versus two months before? Well, really, you know, the, the ones that stand out to me, and this has just been a handful of them of people calling and just saying, Hey, look, is your family safe? Is everybody healthy? Um, how's your business? Is there anything that we can do to help from a business perspective? And those are two questions that are, you know, they, re- they really resonate um, to me. And that leads into a different conversation talk about, you know, kind of go on a different tangents about, about different things. But those two questions are the two questions that, and for the handful of situations that, uh, that I can recall right now really stand out and appreciate. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, no, nothing special or out of the ordinary, just nice phone calls and nice emails. Well, because it's funny, because I feel like when we're in the office and we bump into somebody and you have your little small talk moment, there, there's, yeah, there's a connection. Yes, there's engagement. Yes, there's, um, y- there's definitely still value to those conversations. But I do feel like the conversations I have right now with people start at a very genuine human level that is far more real than the conversations that I had around the water cooler, if you will. Um, but I feel like it's less Facebooky and more real face to face. It's, um, the conversations are truly about, you know, she said, how is your family? I mean, it's, it's not just, Hey, did you have a great weekend? It's how, you know, genuinely, how is your family? And I well, think- that's it. Is that that question of how are you doing or how was your weekend? It really it's just fine. It's, it's the same question, but you can tell by the way somebody asks it, that it's, that it's different. Yeah. yeah. If I said, Hey, how you doing? Uh, six weeks ago, you're like, I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. And you're like, I'm guilty as anybody. That was my, my answer my, to, to that question. I'm good. Things are good. And now it's, how are you doing? 
and you know that that means something different. Um, same words, different, slightly different inflection. And that you're right, that leads into a deeper conversation of what are your kids doing? How are they dealing with this? How's, how's the homeschool going? What are you doing to cope with this? Um, you know, how is your, you know, how is your business, right? Those are, those are real, real questions. And is there anything we can do to help with your business? Um, you know, and, you know, and, and that's when I, you know, I, I won't name the company, but I got a call yesterday from a real estate, uh, vendor that we don't work with that calls all the time. And they call all the time with the same pitch. And I was like, man, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? You're really sitting here trying to sell me something and not even taking into account. I mean, how tone deaf can you be? You're not even taking into account what's happening. You're just, you're just in a sales call. And so, I mean, you talk about, this is probably wasn't a vendor that we were going to work with, but maybe, but man, they're, they're at the bottom of the list now. Right. <laughs> and it's just because one guy called and he was tone deaf. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I, I think that. it's, it's one of the, in sense, you know, like the, the, the big events that we've all, we've all shared, I, I'd say this is probably the, the first massive shared narrative that our society has felt since nine 11 and, and it's right. ongoing. And we, we're all you know, living this different levels, but the same narrative of this is a thing that's affecting humanity. And frankly, I, you know, from my, my perspective, I, don't, I, don't, I have never lived through, through something quite like this. And so when you have this conversation, you're, you're genuinely asking, how are you? Are you healthy? Right. Are you good? And people, yeah. they're not just asking, they actually care about the answer, <laughs> you know, which right. is, again, it's not trite. It's just a... How are you doing? Yeah. And the answers are more real. Like I'm yeah. guilty. I, you know, I think about this. I actually thought about this, this a lot and walk into the office, there's small talk and Hey, how was your weekend? Oh, it was good. It was, it was fine. Um, and now it's, it leads to a much more detailed answer on my part that it's right. Cause me saying it's good or I'm good is that's not a real, that's not right. a real answer. Right. There's there. Yeah. I need to go a little deeper than that. So yeah, you're right. I mean, digging into the kind of the humanity of this is, has been nice to see from a lot of perspectives. Yeah, right. I want to ch- I want to shift a little bit. Um, you said something earlier about you know, working out of the home office and the isolation. I think that sort of ties into one of our topics: is you know, changes that we're going to see as we go forward. Um, do you, th- you know, Keith? You had you said you had you, when you built your house a number of years ago, you built your gra- uh, detached garage. If yeah. you were to do that, if you were to do that same experience today, would you build a, a nice detached garage? Or would you build a really nice home office? Yeah. I, both. I, I, <laughs> I, it, well, yeah, if we could do both, it would be great. But I, no, I, look, there, there are many reasons why I would change, a, you know, various things. Um, but yeah, five years ago, we designed our house from scratch. And honestly, I wouldn't change very much at all about the floor plan, about the way the family lives in the house. It works really well. But the lack of a home office, you know, I'm sitting right now down in our basement guest room, which has become my home office. Um, it works great. And I am I am thrilled and blessed that I have an away space that doesn't have the noise of, of kids running through kitchens and other things. And I watch people on Zoom calls and what they're dealing with, with not having a closed space. I'm, I'm blessed in that regard. But man, would I love to have a building that's truly separate, that is above grade, that has sunlight during the day that I can, you know, people were talking yesterday, Jonathan, in a Zoom call today, so I've seeing snow on the mountains. And yesterday, uh, Sarah was talking about 
oh, the gentle rain that was falling. And I'm like, I, I, I don't even have a window, man. I'm, I'm, I literally don't have any idea if it's dark out, sunny out, raining. Yes, I would absolutely build a home office. And I think, I think people are going to value different parts of their, their houses for, in different ways um, after this. And I think, yeah, I think there's no question we're going to see a difference in design um, moving forward. I think home offices are going to be the big – I can't imagine listing if you had a If you had a home right now that had a room that wasn't decorated and you had a choice of calling it a guest bedroom or a home office, man, you'd be jumping on the home office right now. Yeah, right. Fabulous. That's right. Um, you, you tell them to build a desk in just to make it positively a home office. Right. Murphy bed, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I think one interesting aspect of, of, of this whole situation is, is clearly, you know, it's, it's spin a little bit, but it's, but it's not. But it's for us in the real estate industry, people are spending so much time in their homes, right? 97% of their time, I'm just making up a number, is now spent probably in your home and in your in your yard, um, as opposed to in the past, 35. maybe 50. Yeah, maybe. Um, and so now I think, you know, I, I, honestly, I think there's going to be some changes in spending and I'm not any type of expert, right? We've, we've shared some New York Times articles about how spending has changed with the coronavirus and things like that. And I'm not an expert on that, but I, I think there's going to be a couple things that come out of this from a from a house perspective, I think people are going to change their spending away from things. I really do to experiences yep. Yep. and then also to their house and they're continue to, in, to invest in their, well, I should say home into their home um, and into their yard. And, you know, we did a small patio project. We already had a patio in place, but we put some plannings in and we hung some patio lights in and, um, you know, did some things like that. And now we're spending all this time out there and it's great to spend time as a family together. So I think you're going to see those changes as people continuing to, you know, quote unquote, reinvest back into their house. And maybe it's redoing a a master bedroom or bathroom, or it's, you know, figuring out how you do a home office, or, um, maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a, you know, knocking down your garage and putting a garage with a, with a, with a home office above it. I mean, who knows, but I think you're going to see people spending a lot of time and in investing back in their, in their homes. And maybe it's furnishings. I mean, who knows, painting, decorating, things like that. you really, people really are going to appreciate their homes a lot more. And it's already happening right now. Yeah. We, we know. Um, but, uh, I think that's, that's one, you know, one simple, probably easy prediction to, to throw out there. I was talking on a call with a broker from Chicago, I think it was last week, and she said that at no point in her career has home meant more than it does right now. And I, th- I think it's, it's not a marketing speak. It's not trite. It's, you know, for, you know, the home is now where you're spending all of your time. Um, I hesitate to say this, but, you know, Keith always jokes, and when I say cut, we never cut it. You know, but my, my 16-year-old daughter was talking to my mom. Uh, we were on a walk last week. I'm spending a lot of time with my daughter walking now, which is great. And I heard her say something effective, you know, now that dad is living at home full time, I see him a lot, <laughs> you know, cause I'm not out of the, I'm not out of the house working. I mean, I'm not going to the office to uh, late at night to work. I'm not showing property from you know five till nine. And you know, it's, a, it's a completely different experience to be in your home full time. So I think you're looking right. around and you're seeing, nail pops that you want to fix or painting this thing or redoing the floor. So I think that, again, I think that the houses that come out of the pandemic are going to be a really good condition 
Uh, you know, but I think it's also from, from a design perspective, people are going to take what they learn here and apply it to that next home space they build or, or that they renovate. You know, it's, it's an interesting thing, Jim. I, you know, I watched my grandparents and my wife's grandparents um, all through their life. They responded to so many external stimuli with a, with a personality, with a trait that was clearly derived from living through the depression. Right. And it was very much a waste, not what not lifestyle. Um, you know, there were, it, it, it just, it pervaded everything that they, they did in life. And I do, I look at my kids and I wonder, you know, if this goes on for only 30 more days, which I don't think any of us think is the case, I don't know how much impact it's going to have, but if this is a year of being in the home for eight weeks and out of the home for four weeks and in the home for eight weeks and out of the home for four weeks, I, you know, this generation growing up, the ones who are in high school right now or middle school right now, and, and the impact that this one year or 18 months or two years is going to have on them, it's going to be fascinating to see how, for, you know, how varied their, their view of value is compared to the kids who've just gotten out of college who are just in a slightly different place in life and a different mindset. Um, I, I think it's going to be a very real line of demarcation. I think the, the kids who are spending their time with their families who are in middle school and high school, I mean, we're, we're having a lot more family time than we ever did. Um, and it's, it's, it's a very different focus and it's going to be very different for them as they, as they get older and go to, you know, into high school or into college and, and what their, their, their focus is on that. You know, one thing that I've picked up on from working out, working out of the house you know, as much as I am now, as we all are, is infrastructure of very, of varied levels. You know, when I do go out uh, driving or riding my bike, I find that the roads are much more friendly to people on, on bicycles than people who are walking. And I'm also finding the, that the, inf- the uh, internet infrastructure that we have, that we have Comcast cable, um, it gets all really a lot slower now than, it ever, than I ever recognized it before because you have everybody is at home streaming. And I, saw, I saw a thing today that people are streaming up to eight hours of, of media per day, yeah. which is astonishing. So I mean, I think that the, it's astonishing. It, it just it baffles me that you know, but but I think you're seeing that infrastructure is being valued differently now than it was eight or ten weeks ago. Well, full disclosure, we tried to do this podcast what seven hours ago, yeah, and work. You know, seventy five percent of the <laughs> of the folks needed to be part of this couldn't get internet, uh, right? And it, you know, maybe that was just a glitch, but. I, it, it could have been a situation where it was just a huge drain because of Zoom meetings and Google Hangouts and mm-hmm. things like that. So you're right. I mean, the infrastructure out there needs to be needs to be beefed up um, for this. And it's not just infrastructure in uh, urban and sub- and suburban areas, but it's really you know really looking at rural properties, which you know not all, but most of our markets are 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 dealing to a certain extent with more rural properties. Um, I mean, you know, we've been talking about this for years, Jim, you especially, about how important it is to make sure that um, certain properties have internet. And I mean, I think that when we changed MLS systems in Charlottesville several years ago, that was a big deal to be able to have that additional field of what right. what type of internet or, or internet service there was. Um, but that's going to be a, a, a challenge to a situation where you may think that people want to move back out to the country and have their five acres and, you know, not have to deal with people all the time. Um, you know, that, that could be a, a, a response to this, but on the flip side, you got to think, can I get internet so I can work. zoom my family <laughs> or work? Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, that's a, that's an issue for sure. Now I'll I'll pose this question to both of y'all, um, with the shift in corporate culture, office space, do y'all think that there's going to be a, a surplus of commercial office space when, whenever we come out of this? I certainly would not want to be the one holding a million five square feet of, of office space right now. Um, I mean, I think, look, you know, we look at our own needs as a firm and, and I think real estate in general has, has been, you know, residential real estate firms have for a long time been reducing the number of square feet they use, but there's no question that what is important is gathering. It's um, you know, it's going to be open spaces. It's going to be the ability to, for people to engage with one another. And I think that's true of every office, right? I think people are, people are realizing they can do their jobs from home. Companies are realizing it's really hard to manage people when they're working at home. Um, so there's going to be a trade-off, but I do think that, I think you're going to find that companies are willing to forego a 5% production, you know, productivity level if they can save on, you know, 20% of their rents gone. Um, but I, I think there's going to be tons of commercial office space available. I, just, okay. I don't see how it doesn't change. I've got a couple comments with that. I, I think the the bigger, more dense populations, population populated cities may see companies maybe relocate or employees relocate to secondary and tertiary markets, like places like Charlottesville and Asheville and Wilmington and, and places like that, which may not have huge corporate um, headquarters, but it gives the people a, a, a lifestyle, a place to live a great lifestyle. Um, so just because a company is based in the Bay Area or New York doesn't mean that they can't work in Asheville or Charlottesville. And we, we know that's already happened, but I think this is just going to be pushing it one more, you know, one more step. Um, the other comment that I'd have about that is I think that office space is just, I think people want, you know, look, people want to be in the office space and keep, you know, I'll, I'll push back on one of your comments. And I think you'll probably agree with me is not everyone can work from home, right? We, we, we know that there are plenty of, uh, of folks that we're working with and there are, I mean, millions of people that are, that are out in the, in the country today that have three kids under the age of eight that are home. And yeah, granted, maybe they're going to be in school, uh, a couple months from now, but it's very difficult to, to work sure. from home all the time. So I think we're going to see people excited to get back into the office, but I think that this is going to push us to rethink how office space is used. And maybe, maybe a company that had 15,000 square feet before realizes that maybe they just need 12,000 square feet. Um, it's going to give them a, an opportunity to really scale back and, you know, who knows, save, save 10 or 15% on, on, uh, on office space uses. But if you think about if everybody cuts back 10, 10% of office space, then there's 10% of vacancy or more out there in the, in the commercial world. So it's just going to give us a chance to rethink how space is used. Yeah. I but, I, but I do think people are going to want to get back into office space. And look, there's, we've had a lot of zoom meetings and Google hangouts and phone calls and they're great, but, um, there's nothing, nothing's going to replace the conversation around the water coolers and, and, uh, meetings around a, around a table. Um, those are going to be the most productive no matter what. Well, I think if you, if you look pre pandemic and we go back to the whole idea of, of conference calls and video calls and, you know, sales 
companies were taking their sales all online for calling for so long. The reality is over the last few years, it's all gone back to getting on the airplane and flying to where your client is and flying to where your the business yeah. is because people, there is more that can be done face to face than can ever be accomplished on online. Um, I still think we're getting better at it. And I think now I think we're getting much better at it. And I think in, we'll do a later episode of, of kind of the permanent changes that I think we're going to feel because of this um, in, in our business in particular. But I think the, um, you know, you are, you're completely correct. And I don't push back at all that there, there are number one, there are people who need to be in an office to do their job, but the quality of the, of the engagement can be, can be better in, in person. I think right now we're seeing an, an interesting mix where people are, are in a place where they're finding a way to delve deeper online because they have to. Um, and I think it's, we're, we're learning a way to work with it, but, but yeah, it's definitely tougher. So I'm going to look to, to close this one up, but to Keith and Jonathan, you know, all of our schedules in our lives have shifted to be a bit more fluid and less structured than they were in a lot of ways. Kids at home, um, you know, don't have the eight o'clock commute time or what have you. Is there one thing that y'all are maintaining, like from a discipline perspective, as you, wake up every day to try and keep some degree of routine? Yeah. I mean, I'll jump in and say it's nothing going to be no, nothing groundbreaking, but I definitely am keeping a routine as much as possible, you know, get up at the same time every day, although it may be a couple minutes later than when we had to get the kids on a school bus, but getting up at the same time every day, getting dressed, going downstairs, I eat the same breakfast every day, <laughs> three <laughs> eggs and, and, and uh, toast in a banana. <laughs> um, and then exercising every day. I mean, you gotta, you know, getting outside and exercising has been something to, that I, a I look forward to, and b is keeping me sane. But you know, keeping that schedule as much as possible. Even though there are some breaks in the day where I may run and throw the football with with uh, with my son or um, help another one of my kids with homework and things like that, which I wasn't able to do. But keeping a routine is is extremely important. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say I think my my answer is pretty similar to Jonathan's, except um, I think his is more reflective of the of the schedule he lived before the pandemic. Mine has been the exact opposite, which is I'm going into a schedule that I lost the schedule that I had with high school and middle age, middle school age kids. Um, that was you know I had to get one at, to school early. We had swim practice every night, and so my my day kind of formed around those bookends. Um, now I'm having to create my own bookends. And I think part of that is that my wife and I are taking, you know, 90 minute, 120 minute walks every day, just getting out, um, as a chance to get away, to talk, to have some, some alone time, because when you're inside that house, there's not alone time. Um, and it's, you're, you're on top of the rest of the family, which is fantastic, but you still need that, that conversation when there are other ears listening to everything you're saying. And, um, that's, I think it's, it's been a, it's been a real blessing. Um, so, I'm, I'm getting more exercise than I ever did before this and, and getting out into the, into the daylight. I will say, I've, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard it said that, thank God this is happening at this time of the year. Um, if we can't get out, it's tough. And uh, we've had, Virginia is just awesome from March through middle of May. This is going to be, I mean, the next month is still great weather. So, Yeah, and for me, I'm, I'm actually, I've I, I pushed my routine forward a little bit. I would wake up at 520, ride my bike for an hour and come back. I'm waking up at 5.45. It just, that extra 25 minutes of sleep makes a huge difference. Um, but maintaining the routine, I think, is it's easy to say. It's really hard to execute sometimes. But make, making sure that I keep that routine and find normalcy as best we can. 
because um, we're going to, uh, again, from my perspective, I think we're going to be in this for a while uh, and make, making sure we keep as much mental health as, as much as physical health is, is critical. Um, so, yeah, normally we ask the guests what's our detail that we sweat, but I'm going to say thanks, guys, for, uh, you know, it was good to see you on, uh, on this new platform. Hopefully it's recording. Uh, um, and uh, we'll be pushing this out. It's April 15th now, aiming to have this out on April 16th. And um, talk to you all soon. All right. Thanks, y'all.